The following program is underwritten by... Do you have an anxious dog? Maybe one that suffers from travel sickness or is afraid of thunderstorms? If so, you need the Anxiety Wrap from the Company of Animals. The Anxiety Wrap can help comfort your dog from fearful situations. Order yours today at www.companyofanimals.us. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. I'm just looking at the schedule today. It looks like another humdinger here. Steve Garvey will be joining us, a baseball famer. Ooh. I can't say Hall of Famer because he's not a Hall of Famer, is he? I don't know if I don't, he is. I don't believe he is. Yeah, I believe I there's talk is. that he... Are you sure? I don't know. We'll I'm have to look sure. at it. I am not That's sure that sure. we don't know that. I think <laughs> that there's talk that he may be at one time, but I don't think he, he is right now. But anyway, uh, he's coming on to talk animals with us, as he uh, has in the past. He'll be joining us in just a few minutes. Also, okay, guy, everybody's researching this. Come back to the show. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got off on Steve Garvey. I'm sorry. A little I mean, tangent there. Well, you dated it during the 70s. You did. He was like one of your... Uh, oh, yeah. He, uh, I watched him on the Dodgers all the time. Also on the show today, a real-life pet lawyer. This is... Uh, everybody's looking at me. Uh, this is, you've I know, never heard of this she, before? I know. That's all she does. She doesn't do other types of cases. Just animals. And she's a mediator. And so when mm-hmm. I think mediator, I think when you go to a divorce, and uh, instead of using the lawyer, which costs costs so much, you mediate oh, yeah. with your spouse. I think that's what she does for pets. Yes. It's a lot, lot cheaper for the client. So we'll find out more about that in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. Miss Lori Brooks, what are you doing in the newsroom? What are you working well, on? Well, I'm looking at a story where there's talk about you having a certain kind of pet and the link to that pet and a specific type of mental illness. Can Ooh. we draw a correlation? Yeah, we'll find out. I'm looking at how I see correlation. <laughs> well, you're saying there's a certain pet that makes you crazy? Okay, we're just going to have to wait. Is that what you're saying? Okay. Yeah. That's all Hang the in there. Joey, what are you going to be talking about? Well, we're going to give some trade secrets away. You know what? You're yeah. shedding a lot. We're going to teach you a way to make it easier to get all that hair out. Let's hit the phones first for your calls for Dr. Debbie right now. one 405 8405 Let's go to Janice. Hi, Janice. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Where are you calling from? Uh, Pennsylvania. How can we help you today? The whole team is here for you. Okay. Uh, I have a two-year-old boxer. And whenever I say, do you want to go bye-bye in the car, I used to he used to put the leash on and walk out to the car and used to jump in. Now, if I say, do you want to go bye-bye, he'll just stand there. Or, like, he'll turn the other way. For what reason, hmm. I don't know. Okay. Well, has there been any um, occurrence, anything that you can think of, any kind of uh, injury or any kind of frightening experience he's had with, with the car? No. Mm-mm. Like, he used to do it, you know, like when he was younger, and we'll go on my husband's car. And, uh, for some reason, he doesn't want to go, but he likes going in his, cr- he has a crate in his other room. So I said, okay. He doesn't want to go. I said, okay, go in your room. And he'll go right in his room. Okay. But you said he gets in your husband's car, okay? Yeah. Uh huh. Now okay. I have an SUV. I don't know if it's a little higher. Maybe that's why. Oh, certainly could be, yeah. And uh, I'll tell you, I'm a reformed SUV owner myself, and uh-huh. I had to switch from SUVs to um, a, a van. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a dog mom now. I drive a van. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um, for some dogs, definitely the height um, can be a problem. So one strategy you can try would be to kind of acclimate him to a ramp or a set of stairs. And I usually... Uh-huh. 
do this first away from the vehicle. Um, so mm-hmm. some of the great things you can do is just get one of the little doggy ramps and um, put it in the backyard on kind of a gradual slope that you might have. Right. And mm-hmm. just, you know, use treats, reward them, get them uh, accustomed to stepping on that, and then mm-hmm. work up to putting it behind your vehicle. Um, mm-hmm. And and I used one of those for, for my large dogs because it was just getting too hard for me to assist them and to lift them. And it was right. honestly, some of these SUVs are too tall. <laughs> You're trying to get them yeah. in the back. It is a huge mm-hmm. vertical jump. So, mm-hmm. and then I'm assuming that he's in good health. He's not having any kind of oh, yeah. limping no. or in good health. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I would definitely look at doing that and and seeing, and then always make it you know really positive and give him something really special when he's getting in the um, in the SUV. So whether it's yeah, uh, I always bring treats, you know, and try to coax him with that too. Yeah, treats it up the ante. You know, I'm going to tell you, cover every, everyone cover your ears. A veterinarian's going to say to give table food. Oh, my gosh. No. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, give a little, no, uh, you know, cheese. <laughs> cheese. It's a fabulous thing, especially those little mm-hmm. pieces, the little blocks of cheese you can get or string cheese. Yeah. You can tear mm-hmm. off your uh, individual pieces. But yeah. do that and really make that a, um, a great place to go. And then if all comes down to it and you have to join the club of being a van owner, <laughs> then you can, <laughs> you can join me. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. Thanks for your call, right. Janice. Thanks for listening today. So you own a van. You're like uh, I do. I'm a doggy. I'm like a doggy mama, like a soccer mom. Soccer mom for dogs. <laughs> yep. Hey, Mercedes. Hey, how are you? Very good. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Stephenville, Texas. Stevensville, Texas. Yes, Don't sir. think I've ever heard of that there. Well, I have uh, I have Dr. Debbie here. What's going on well, with hi. your animal? Well, I have a female cat. She's 13 years old, and mm-hmm. for several years, she throws up. She throws up every time she eats. We've oh, tried no. everything we can think of, and I've taken her to the vet. They just really have no um, suggestions for me, and I thought maybe somebody there would. Okay, absolutely. And you're tapping into a, a very common problem in cats, and I wouldn't be lying if I told you there's 99 plus 99 more causes of vomiting in cats. So it, it can be a very troublesome uh, thing to deal with because there's not an easy answer uh, in every situation how we need to proceed. Okay. Um, for a kitty in that age group, the number one thing I would always start with is I do a full health evaluation, and that would include lab work, which okay. would check blood chemistries as well as a thyroid level and then a blood count. Um, and then I'd also like to get a, an x-ray of the belly. And that's kind of the start in what I call like doing my push-ups of a workup for an older kitty. Okay. Uh, with that in mind, if we don't find anything, then there's some different directions we might head. Um, you know, for a lot of simple things that we can try, and I'm all about trying something simple, um, if we haven't done a thorough deworming protocol, I'll do that. It's cheap. It's easy. doesn't mean you have to see a worm for there to be some. Cats can actually have stomach worms, never pass a worm in their stool, but it can cause a chronic intermittent vomiting. So it's very easy to do something like that. Um, But if all of our workup is looking normal, we don't really have a a firm diagnosis, I kind of move into inflammatory bowel disease and dietary management. And 
people who have digestive problems or inflammatory bowel disease, diet is the number one way that will deal with problems with that. In cats, it's very similar. The problem is that they can also get some very serious problems in the intestinal tract that look like this. And um, there are some cancers in the in the gut that they can get mm-hmm. um, that look very much like almost like an inflammatory bowel condition. So there's other steps beyond that. And I don't want to scare you with taking biopsies and things like that. But that can be a real, actually a real direction um, that we might need to go. But uh, I'd say, have you had any kind of tests or workup done at this point with your kitty? I did that about, um, it's been not quite a year ago, and they didn't find anything uh, Mm -hmm. wrong with her. She's not thin when you Mm -hmm. pick her up. She's just very, very light. Um, She's active. She seems bright and alert. She doesn't appear to be, you know, ill, Uh, but she just throws up every time she eats. Oh, gosh. And something, you know, like that that's so common and predictable. Um, if you haven't tackled diet management and trying a hypoallergenic diet, that would be definitely something I would look at. But to okay. vomit every time, if that does not improve with deworming or diet management, you know, I would even look into doing something like a barium study. And it's a little fun and challenging to get barium down a cat, but um, it, we can use that to help us determine if there's a problem with passage of food, if there's a blockage, something that's slowing down the emptying of the stomach or the lower GI tract, and that may be very important to help us give more solutions or more steps of what we might need to try. Would uh, the vet th- do a variant study or would I? Oh, the veterinarian would definitely. Oh, the vet would yes. do that. Okay. Yeah, the barium study is done with an x-rays. So oh, okay. give the kitty barium, and then we take x-rays and watch how that passes through the course of a normal day. So oh, it's usually a full day type okay. thing. Yeah, people do that. They make you drink that chalky white stuff. Yes, it's just yes. I didn't know they did that for animals. Okay. Absolutely. And to convince a cat to do it, it could be a little bit more fun. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but okay. We have, ways, we have ways of making this happen. So um, wow, it, it can be done. But it might be an important step in working up a cat who has chronic vomiting. Okay. So, um, you know, definitely a lot of possibilities there. And, you know, if we get to the end of things and we don't find an answer and we've ruled out all possibilities, causes, in some cases, I will have um, a pet owner that might say, well, doc, if you think it's inflammatory bowel disease, how do we treat for that? Right. And then we may go forward with treatment with some, something such as prednisone with a hypoallergenic diet. But I, I like to exhaust all those steps before then, if at all possible, so we make sure we're heading down the right diagnosis. Um, because, yeah, it it is a, a lot of different causes for vomiting in kitties. But um, I think it's definitely frequent enough that I would urge you to, um, you know, step back into that veterinary office and knock on that door and say, hey, we got to do something here. Okay. And I am concerned because she's mm-hmm. so tiny, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm not sure if she's getting the, the enough nutrition in her diet, you know. And she's older. So I think I will. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate so much this information and I'll get her back into the vet. Please keep us posted. We actually have one of those cats here, too. I will let you know if I find a solution for this. Thanks, Mercedes. I thank you. Many thanks to those that make animal radio possible, like world's best cat litter. Listen up, cat livers. (laughs) And cat lovers, do what I did. Ditch your giant boxes of cat litter for the concentrated power of world's best cat litter. And that's the name of it. 
Even a small bag lasts me 30 days. You have a multiple cat household. I know that, Judy. Yes, I do. Do you use that multiple cat formula? I do. They have the two formulas. In fact, I think they have three. There's uh, regular for single cats. Then they have a multiple cat, which stands up longer, doesn't break down as quick. And then I think they have a lavender scented as well. Oh, to calm you. Yes, and to calm your cat. I found mine at Walmart because that's where I shop. I got mine at Target. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Do you have an anxious dog? Maybe one that suffers from travel sickness or is afraid of thunderstorms? If so, you need the Anxiety Wrap from the Company of Animals. The Anxiety Wrap can help comfort your dog from fear of thunderstorms, fireworks, separation anxiety, nervousness, and much, much more. The Anxiety Wrap maintains a gentle pressure on acupressure points in your dog's neck, chest, shoulders, belly, and in the rear legs thanks to its patented leg straps. Order yours today at www.companyofanimals.us. The more you learn about your insurance coverage, the more gaps you might find. Like how you thought you were covered for this. Honey, someone stole my wedding ring! When you're really only covered for this. Honey, someone stole my decoder ring! Oh, well. It was weird anyway. Or how with renter's insurance, you're covered for valuables, electronics, bikes, karaoke machines, waffle makers, superhero pajamas. And without it, you're covered for... Talk to a farmer's agent about what gaps might be hiding in your insurance. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. I am the family dog. And it's that time of year again. The one where pet parents start looking for Fido-friendly hotels and destinations where Fido is welcome. Make no bones about it. Pets are part of the family. And we like to sniff out new places, and we hate to be turned away, especially when we're on our best behavior. So we won't be left out in the cold. Be sure to pick up a copy of Vito Friendly Magazine to find the best hotels and destinations where Fido is always welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. You know canine caviar for their great human-grade ingredients in your dog's food. We now continue that tradition and excellent pet nutrition with seven single-serving cat food trays. We love our cats and dogs, and that's why we're featuring all human-grade tuna, salmon, and chicken proteins with other hand-chosen ingredients to promote proper nutrition. They're in environmentally friendly, recyclable, BPA-free plastic trays. Look for canine and feline caviar products at your local pet supply store or online. For more information, call 800-392-7898. Hi, this is Anne-Marie Lucas from Animal Precinct and the ASPCA. And when I'm not out busting bad guys for abusing animals, I am home listening to Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. Welcome, my friend. Grab your pet. Bring around the radio. Remember, you can ask your questions toll-free at 1-866-405-8405 or directly from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's a free download thanks to those folks over at Doctors, Fosters, and Smith. Yeah, they make it free. Isn't that cool? Thank you so much, guys, for doing it. It's a really cool app, too. It's one of those apps that you could spend a few hours on and lose yourself in. Yes, those are fun. Uh, Speaking of the online world, that whole technology thing... The interweb really never thought the Facebook thing would take off. But uh, apparently every Wednesday we're doing a, a contest where you upload your pictures, your wacky pictures of your pets, and the most likes and most shares pick up cool prizes. I know this week, I think, uh, what is it this week? This week from the Green Pet Shop, we have a cool pet pad. 
cool pet pad. Yeah, this is a pad for your dog to lay on in the extreme heat when it's hot outside. Oh. But this one, you know, I've, I've seen them before where you had to fill them with water. Yep. This one, you don't. Huh? It cools without water, without refrigeration, no electricity, and no maintenance. I don't know how they do it, but they have a, a toxic cooling gel that's inside, and it's just activated by your pet laying on it. And it can last up to three hours. And then after about, if your dog gets up, after about 15 or 20 minutes, it's recharged, ready to use again. Did you say that was a toxic gel in there? A non-toxic. Non-toxic. Yes, a non-toxic cooling gel. And this is great. It's great for older dogs if they have pain, swelling, and just in the extreme heat. It's great. I I don't know how they do it without water. It's incredible. I think it is. It's amazing. They took my first wife and they just blended her up. <laughs> How? Was she a little phony? A little ice queen? Just kidding. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> so if you want to pick up on this bed, it's pretty cool. Hold up a picture. I think it's awesome. I don't know how they do that. If you want to pick that up, you can upload your Wacky Wednesday pictures to the Facebook page this Wednesday. And uh, what are you working on, Lori Brooks? Coming up, we're going to talk about most popular dog names, male and female dog names for last year, and uh, some of the new foodie names that have entered the list for our pets. Coming up. Mm, I wonder if Max is still on the top of the list. That's always been a big one for many years. We'll find out in just a couple of minutes. Max and Bella. Max and Bella are usually. (laughs) Okay. We'll find out in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. You have to stick around for that. Let's go to the phones for your calls right now. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Hi. How are you? Hi, I'm super. I am calling. Uh, we've got uh, a cat. He's about two and a half years old, and he recently lost his companion. Um, okay. So I'm wondering if we should get him another one or if, if he's more happy. I don't know how to tell if he's more happy um, without one. And I'm having okay. a hard time deciding. Well, um, how's, he, how's he been behaving since the loss of the other kitty? Well, the thing is, he's more affectionate with um, my husband and I. But um, other than that, he seems like he's pretty lonely. Okay. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's interesting because we know that animals grieve when they've lost a friend in the household. Some don't, and some kind of, tr- you know, truck right along and, you know, assume a closer bonding relationship to the people in the home. And that may be going on to some degree, but there's that loss, loss of that activity time, the playing, the chasing. Right. Um, and, and that's when some kitties can certainly benefit, or even dogs, you know, they'll benefit from having a new friend in the home. What's hard to know is that there's kind of a no set rule as how long an animal will grieve. Some don't grieve much visibly. Um, others, it could be weeks or even months that I have seen where we've run into problems where a pet won't eat, can be very depressed, um, their household behaviors completely change out of their norm. So I'd say that, um, you know, it's really partly a family decision if you are looking to get another cat. But as far as if, if he seems to not have that level of interaction, um, if he seems kind of sluggish around the house, he may benefit from having another friend. And they're just like us. You know, there's not a replacement of a cat or a dog in the home with a new one. It's a new personality. So, you know, they'd have completely different dynamics and different way of interacting with each other. But, um, you know, it would be something to consider. And now, as far as if you're seeing, you know, more of the grieving behavior and how to kind of help him cope with that, 
ideally, I like to get them past their visible grieving, uh, at least what we can perceive, before we introduce another animal. Um, okay. And that's mostly just, you know, uh, doing a lot of interactive time, scheduling play sessions, um, you know, even making it more fun and interesting for food instead of just sitting the food out there. Make the kitty work for it and, and hide little treats and toys. Um, we, we can use pheromones, those kind of soothing, uh, non-smelling uh, scent hormones that can be relaxing for cats. That can help to kind of ease them through a difficult time. Okay. But in the end, if it's if it's time and you feel it's right to get another kitty, um, you know, you, you may find that uh, your kitty kind of changes a little bit personalities uh, when there's a newcomer in the home. The hierarchy changes completely. So right now you mentioned that he's uh, a little bit closer and cuddlier with you guys. Um, you know, that can always change when there's the loss of, uh, you know, one cat in the home and we bring in another one. So... Um, I would support your decision, and of course, you know, we're always an advocate of adopting to save a life. Right, right, right. We went and looked the other day, and we found a kitten and a four-year-old, and we couldn't decide between the two. Oh, that's a gimme. That's a gimme. You're talking about a human four-year-old and a kitten? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A four-year-old cat and a a ten-week-old kitten. And our cat, you know, is two and a half, so right in the middle of that. And he's pretty Mm -hmm. playful still. But, yeah, you know, and you can certainly, you can introduce an adult cat into the home, but in most cases, you find a little bit less resistance within the kitty hierarchy if we do bring okay. a younger cat into the home. Um, okay. you know, but not to say it can't work with, with an adult right, kitty. Right, right. Would you recommend a female or a male doctor? What is the kitty you have now, male or female? Uh, male, yes, but he, I mean, he is neutered. He's neutered, yeah. I actually like a male-female combination, and that goes across for cats and dogs. Um, And, uh, you know, a lot will be the personality, too, of the kitty. So, you know, some I'd look for a a prospective new kitty that's, you know, very adaptable with different situations. So we want to see a cat that doesn't shy away from a noisy situation or other animals. And you can kind of pick these things up when you're looking at a cat, either in a, you know, a shelter situation or a home if you're adopting, just to see how they react with some of the different. Uh, sights and sounds. So. Okay. Sarah, will you All please right. send us a picture of your new family member? We like to post those on the website here. Absolutely. We've got we've got great pictures. I would love to. What's the um, what's the site? Head on over to animalradio.com. All of our addresses are over there and just send it to any one of us uh, or me and I'll, I'll make sure it's posted. We Every time a new listener or a listener gets uh, a new family member, we like to post those on the website so everyone can see and we can share because this is all about celebrating our connection with our pets. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hi, this is Paul Reiser, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Every minute you're here, you're not harming someone else. (laughs) This is an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by Doctors Foster & Smith Pet Pharmacy, with prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea and Tick Medication, delivered right to your door. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. I'm Lori Brooks. Looking for a link to help explain mental illness, some new research out shows that growing up with a cat in the family is a commonality among people who sooner or later develop schizophrenia. 
Of course, this research merely shows a link rather than a cause. Researchers theorize that the parasite Toxoplasma T. gondii, which is found in cats and can be passed on to humans, could play some role in the development of the schizophrenia, in this case with the connection with cats. In uh, addition to schizophrenia, T. gondii is also linked to miscarriages, fetal development disorders, blindness, and in some cases, death. So researchers say they're suggesting keeping cats indoors since this T. gondii can be transmitted through neighboring cats. And also they suggest keeping litter boxes covered since it can be transmitted to humans if you accidentally come in contact with cat feces. Well, as we humans become closer and closer to our pets, our ways of saying goodbye to them are at long last evolving some. All signs are showing that many people are now choosing to have their animal companions put down at home as we become more sensitive to what our pets might be thinking and feeling. And it's creating a fast-growing in-demand service out there. One online directory of veterinarians who perform in-home euthanasia services reports that over the past five years, their directory has grown to more than 350 listings throughout the country, and they say they're adding up to five more people who do this each month. Rover.com has released the results on its most popular dog names survey for 2014. Now, the top three male dog names in order are Buddy, Charlie, and Jack. And for females, they are Bella, Lucy, and Daisy. Uh, but here's where it gets interesting, friends. This year, there was a 37% increase in dogs with food-themed names. Uh, these names were Kale, Coconut, Vino, and Whiskey. By the way, the survey also revealed that 94% of people considered their dog's family and 74% identified with the term pet parent rather than dog owner. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadil delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at FosterAndSmith.com. Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies have a vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs from heartworm medications and anti-inflammatories like Remedil to non-prescription items like canine Advantix flea and tick preventive. Doctors Foster and Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. You know canine caviar for their great human-grade ingredients in your dog's food. We now continue that tradition and excellent pet nutrition with seven single-serving cat food trays. We love our cats and dogs, and that's why we're featuring all human-grade tuna, salmon, and chicken chicken proteins with other hand-chosen ingredients to promote proper nutrition. They're in environmentally friendly, recyclable, BPA-free plastic trays. Look for canine and feline caviar products at your local pet supply store or online. For more information, call 800-392-7898. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio. Celebrating our connection with our pets, the toll-free number is one 405 8405 Just a couple of minutes, Joey Volani, the dog father, tells us how to get that 
hair out of your dog that's still there. should have been gone by now, but the seasons are changing so fast for most of the country that, uh, well, you're, the hair's kind of confused, wouldn't you say? Is that how you would say it? And this more, yeah, I guess, I guess you could say it that way. And this is a professional trick. This isn't, you know, no, no homegrown trick here. This is one of the things that I keep in the back of my, my toolbox so I can, um, you know, charge people for. So we're, we're giving our trade secrets here. You, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do. You can't give out your trade secrets on the radio. You'll lose all your business, right? And you're going to piss off a lot of other groomers. Yes, most definitely. What are you going to do? We got. You know, we'll figure out ways. We'll, you know, we'll figure out more creative ways to do some other things. Great. In just a few minutes, we're going to be joined by Steve Garvey. This is his third appearance on Animal Radio. Uh, first in 2010. I was doing a little research today, 2010, 2012, to see if he had any animals, what uh, what their names were. Mm-hmm. So, because I didn't remember. But uh, he has a. At the time, he had a 140-pound Rottweiler. Wow, that's a big dog. It was a baby dog. That's they a just big dog. got, just got mm-hmm. Spartacus. And that was about two oh, years ago. Yes, you might I remember. remember that. Yes. So, uh, see, I used to watch him back in the early 70s when he played the with Dodgers. the Dodgers. Yeah, yeah, he was first base. Yep, yep. Did you know they named a school after him? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, they they were gonna. It was either gonna be the Elton John School or the Elvis Presley School. Or the Steve Garvey School. This is for real, and they picked Steve Garvey. Wow. Steve Garvey Junior High. Over Elton John. Over Elton John. Wow. <laughs> and Elvis, of course. Okay, we're off track. Let's uh, head to the phones where we have Deborah Hamilton. Hi, Deborah. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you all? Very good. Uh, for the listeners, you know this already, but for the listeners, Deborah is a pet lawyer or a pet mediator. And, and think of uh, think of your first divorce when you didn't want to spend the money on the lawyer and you went to a mediator who kind of helped you work things out with uh, your spouse. That's sort of what you do with pets? That is exactly what I do with pets and I usually do it in divorce as well because most of the time the people who are divorcing can deal with splitting the furniture and the kids but the dog not so much. It's usually the last best thing they did together so each of them want to keep it or they want to make sure you pay for it if you're going to keep it. Yeah, well, I would imagine I I stay together with my spouse for the pets, actually. <laughs> Many uh, people do. Many people do. <laughs> uh, do you ever have any cases where no one wants the pet? I do. And, you know, I also help them find someone who can give the pet a good home because wow. there's usually someone they've never even considered that will give the dog a good home. And I, I also help people um, make plans for their pets if, in fact, something happens to them. So this is just part and parcel of what I do. Like estate planning or trust planning for the pets? Well, there are pet trusts in almost every state. I think there are only two holdouts that don't allow pet trusts. And you should really make a pet trust because I have a program um, called MAAP. It maps the plan for your pets. Uh, but it makes you aware of the fact that if you're not dead yet, all the plans in your will don't come to fruition. So you really need to make a plan before you die and after you die, because otherwise your pets might be set adrift. Ooh. That's why you need the map. Joey, you need to think about that because you've got Gurney. And Gurney's, how old is Gurney? Oh, I'm, you know what? I don't know. I think I've been saying 38 for for a few years now. Um, but between 38 and 42. But I look at it like this. Every man for, and once I die, it's every, you know, every bird every man, for himself. Every bird for themselves. You know. Yeah, yeah you know. Birds need the care more than anything else. If bir- if uh, he's a bird, he needs the care more than anything else. I have a lot of clients who are pet parrot owners, and it's really important. Or horse owners, very important because they're not easy to place. Uh-uh. What, what other pet cases do you deal with? 
I deal with people who are uh, having issues with their breeders or with their handlers if they're show people. So somebody might have a uh, a problem with a dog that they bought from a breeder, and you will mediate between the two? I will mediate because, quite frankly, the AKC doesn't get involved in any sort of civil dispute between a breeder and an owner, and it costs so much to take somebody to court, and really the dog is... You know, you bought it for fifteen hundred dollars. You're going to spend ten thousand dollars to get your fifteen hundred back if you go to court, or even a thousand dollars. How much you're going to get back? So if you mediate, you both pay half of what I charge because I'm a neutral, and I help you come to a resolution that works for both of you. It's a win-win. So I charge about three hundred dollars an hour. That means one hundred and fifty. You can't hire an attorney for one hundred and fifty dollars an hour anywhere, mm-hmm. and you get to have somebody listen to your story. And in doing so, when I'm listening to your story, the other person's hearing it, and it gets transmitted yeah. in a way that they can pal- it's palpable, palpable to them. They can understand it, and I can get to a resolution with them that they create, because if they don't create the resolution, it doesn't hold up. Do, do any of these end up in court where they just can't mediate and you have to be a lawyer? I mean, a you real know, lawyer? I don't practice litigation anymore, so oh. if it ends up in court, it's not with me. However, most of the cases that I've worked on that are then that then may not work out and go to court, they have less time in court, less expensive, because they've gotten to have their say. And so the judge is just deciding the last two things that they couldn't agree on. But everything else was said, and they're, they're reality tested in mediation, so they know exactly what the bottom line is. And though they can't get there, maybe in mediation, the court, they fly through court. It's much less expensive. I have barking dog issues. I have dog park issues, groomer issues, big in veterinary malpractice, because I'm trying to actually shift the paradigm in veterinary malpractice because the insurance companies really don't let veterinarians talk to their clients if the client is threatening or anything like that. However, nine times out of ten, if you sit down with an angry pet owner, the veterinarian and the pet owner can come to a solution that works for both of them, and then the pet owner doesn't get on social media and trash the vet, and you can find a resolution much earlier. But a lot of the insurance companies still hold fast to the idea, let them sue you. Where do you practice? I practice in Westchester County, New York. You can reach me um, at my website, www.hamiltonlawmediation.com. And we'll put links to... Deborah's website over at uh, AnimalRadio.com. Thanks for spending some time with us today. It's so cool. You're very welcome. Anytime you want to chat about it, I will be happy to be on. You take care and thanks so much. Put her in our Rolodex. Judy is in a dancing mood today here at Animal Radio. Gets me going. Dancing with the cat. Why not? People dance with their dogs. I dance with my cat. Like a cat shedding. And your cat likes it, right? Yeah, Yeah, she loves it. Look, (laughs) she just ran across the room and knocked everything off the desk. She's gone. Why don't we let the animals in the studio? Oh, because we're an animal show. Oh, yeah. Okay, I forgot about that. Uh, Dr. Debbie just came in from an eye case. You go to vet school. Do they teach you everything? I mean, you, you've been dealing with eyes lately. Do you, or do you have to go to like extra classes to learn about eyes? Well, that's the fun of general practice. You get to see everything. And there are veterinarians that specialize after they graduate from vet school, and they will become just eye doctors. But as a you know general veterinarian, you get to see and, and you have to learn in school all the different body systems. So, yeah, we've had a, a, a rash of, um, and Joey, you'll probably appreciate this, a lot of the 
um, overdue springtime uh, summer grooming <laughs> and how it actually can relate to causing health problems. Really? You mean uh, not grooming your pet can cause health can. problems? Yeah, sure, yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, I just had a, um, a dog that had, a, you know, it's like a Shih Tzu type dog, um, very thick hair coat during the, the cooler months and a little late for getting groomed. And the hair actually grew over and with eye moisture, crusted over the eye, and the hairs rubbed on the eye and caused an ulcer. Oh, wow. You know, it's funny that Dr. Deb says that because it's very, very common in Shih Tzus to have um, eye problems because of, you know, over hair growth. And usually once it gets to that point, they don't want you to go anywhere near it. Um, and usually mm-hmm. then it's, a, it's definitely a veterinarian's yeah. um, a vet act at that point in time because sometimes they actually have to be sedated to, to actually have it clipped off. Actually, the groomer had done a job of kind of clipping and cl- cleaning the outer part of the eye. So so we um, first we diagnose if there is an ulcer, basically a hole in the cornea itself. So we use a, a fluorescing uh, dye and we put that on the eye and we use a black light and if there's a scratch or a, a ulcer, an abrasion in the eye um, it glows with this really kind Kind of cool, um, illuminating blue. Um, so she did have a, an ulcer. And the other thing that, in, in Joey, you mentioned this, is that when dogs have an ulcer, they are extremely painful. And they don't cry about it, but they're going to squint. So for any pet owner, if you see your pet squinting their eye, that says, ouch, that, that means my eye is hurting me. And it really needs to be evaluated, whatever might be going on, whether it's an ulcer or something else. Okay, very good. If you want uh, Dr. Debbie to uh, consult you right now with your animals, here's the toll-free number, one 866 405 Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. People do some pretty goofy things when they drink. Three Lithuanian students thought climbing into a giraffe's cage at a local zoo seemed like a good idea after a few drinks, but the giraffe did not appreciate the prank. The 1.3-ton giraffe named Salute flew into a rage and attacked the three student trespassers. All were bruised and battered. 22-year-old Ruta Grayshoot was hospitalized with a broken collarbone and nose. A spokesperson from the Kiwanis Zoo warned that it was a very silly prank and that the scared giraffe could have stomped her to death. So remember, never drink and drive or jump in a giraffe's cage. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by the fine folks over at Company of Animals if you got yourself one of those anxious dogs. If you don't, you probably know someone that does. Tell them about the anxiety wrap from the Company of Animals. It'll help calm your dog's anxiety by gently applying pressure to specific acupressure points in the body and the hind legs. I don't know how they know it. You know what? You keep asking that every week. All you have to do is go on over to companyofanimals.us and it explains it all. Ah, there you go. Hi, Patrick. How are you doing? Hey, pretty good. You're on with Dr. Debbie. Hey, how's it going? Hi, really good. How about you today? Good, good. I'm stuck down in Houston in traffic, but I'm doing oh, good. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, what kind of critter do you have, Patrick? Um, We've got a wolf at the house. He's a Arctic oh. wolf, timber wolf, I believe. Um, He's about so five he's years not a, old. He's not a hybrid. He's actually a wolf then. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's he's full blooded wolf. Um, of course, we got to list him as hybrid and everything like that. I guess get papers on him, but we have papers and everything on him. Um, he's. I spoke to my wife last night. She said he's about 140 pounds, but he's big. He's real big, but he's real slender. And, and I know a few other people that have got well, theirs are actually filled out. And I was okay. calling to see what I could do about that. Okay. And how's his general overall health? Have you had any issues, any problems with diarrhea, vomiting, anything going on like that? No, no. No, none like that. Okay. And tell me a little bit about what you feed them, because I know for a lot of listeners, they're probably not really aware that people keep wolves as pets. Um, <laughs> He's so tell me a little bit about the world. <laughs> he is yeah. really, really good. Um, well, we feed them like dried dog food, um, and my wife will treat them to scraps, you know, meat scraps and stuff like that um, that have already been cooked and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, he's uh, that's about what he eats on his his diet. I've been hearing an ad about the uh, Dino Bite. I guess that's what it's called. Oh yeah, I heard that ad too. <laughs> okay. who, who hasn't heard that ad? If you haven't heard that ad, raise your hand. <laughs> so I was uh, I was wondering, should we use that in order to increase the weight gain? I mean, would that help? Okay. You know, some um, kind of vitamin diet or something. Yeah. Now, I guess one other question I have is: um, Is he neutered or is he intact? He's intact. He's uh, he's, he's not neutered or anything. Okay, because um, in most of at least the wolf hybrids that I see, um, when you compare them to actually a regular dog, they do tend to be a much leaner um, category of dog. Um, so they have a lot more muscle tone, but they're more lanky. So if he's lanky. And but in good weight, then I probably wouldn't be too worried about that. Um, okay. But if we're worried that he's really underweight, there are a couple things. And the one thing with diet with with wolves is, you know, kibble alone definitely doesn't do it for the wolves or the wolves hybrids. They do need to have a little bit more of a, actually like the meat base in it. And and I'm not a fan of raw diets, and my you know my ears burn when I talk about these kind of things. But for the wolf uh, and the wolf uh, mixes. Um, Raw meat sometimes is very important because they have such a higher um, need for protein and so forth. So okay. that might be something to, to maybe incorporate a bit more of that. And, um, you know, when you're in an area that, uh, you know, you probably don't have a veterinarian that takes care of them, do they come out to the home or do you ever have them taken care of? Um, well, we take them down to the vet, um, which is only about eight miles from the house. He loves to ride in the car. He goes crazy when he rides in the car. He just loves it. Um but the vet said that he he looks normal, but I mean to us by looking at the other wolves that that we've seen and everything, he's just mm-hmm. I mean to us he's just underweight. I mean he's got the real thick fur; it it hangs down like the Arctic wolf does and everything. And he's just uh, I mean to us he he just looks underweight, but he mm-hmm. eats like a horse. Yeah, <laughs> he he really does eat good. So yeah. Well, I was the reason I was asking about the veterinarian is one of the simplest things I would do is make sure that he does have a stool sample checked, um, just okay. to have a screening for parasites because, um, you know, even everyday household dogs, um, you know, an undetected parasite can really rob them of a lot of not only nutrition, um, but also kind of rob them of you know good healthy body weight. So that would be something I would definitely want to check out. And if he was a little bit more showing signs of being sickly, then I could list a whole bunch of different things that I'd look at. Um, but you know the 
other, the, the reality is that with a lot of these guys, when they're not neutered, they are just in lean body mass. So um, unless you're planning on breeding this guy, um, you know, a lot of the, some of the behavioral problems for dogs translate over to, to wolves as well. Um, so neutering him certainly would potentially have the side effect of um, maybe increasing his body mass a little bit. Okay. Um, so that that might be something to think about. And, and wolves in general, and, and I think you'll probably agree, you may have a special guy there, but for most people, wolf hybrids are really not advised as pets because they can be special. Um, yeah. They have yeah. a tendency well, he, to... He, uh, he, he likes tearing up magazines for some reason. I don't know why, but he just he loves magazines. Hell, our uh, chihuahua likes to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, yeah, he's and, great. He's uh, smart. I mean, he's just great. Really is. Yeah. Unfortunately, for a lot of folks with wolf hybrids, they are uh, not only escape artists, but they're very destructive in the home. So it sounds like you have a little special situation, but for most folks that really aren't familiar with wolf hybrids, I really don't recommend them as pets. Um, they may be kind of cool, but um, unless you're really committed to having the special lifestyle and the care that goes with the wolf hybrids, I, I'd have to caution everyone as far as it's not something I'd recommend for just anybody. Okay. We'll see how that goes, Patrick. And, uh, you know, okay. kind of the same guidelines for weight for dogs will go translate over. So if you feel good muscle tone and you don't see bones sticking out, but you just feel good lean muscle mass, then, you know, maybe your fella's just uh, just the right size. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio at one 405 8405 You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at one 405 8405 Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Welcome, my friend. If you love your animals and you're crazy about your animals, this is the place for you. 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie, your dog father, Joey Villani. You can also ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app for your iPhone and Android. It's a free download, thanks to those folks over at Doctors Fosters and Smith. And there's a new feature on it. I, I noticed in the update they have uh, all the recalls and the latest news that really affect you and your pets. So it's always good to have that little puppy there for you. Uh, let's see. Oh, Steve Garvey this hour. Yes, this is his third appearance on Animal Radio. Did we figure out if he was a Hall of Famer? Don't think he is. Everyone went to look. No, oh, no. no, no Hall of Famer. Hopefully that'll happen soon for him. I heard that it's a potential possibility. Uh, but he does have, I know, a big old dog, big hundred and at least forty pound Rottweiler. Wow, that's wow. Yeah, that's big. Wonder if that uh, dog sleeps in bed with him. We'll have to find out. Is that personal to ask that kind of question? No, not at all. It, it's on okay. any other show, but not on an animal show. As, as long as you're only asking if the dog is yes. sleeping with him. If you're I mean, we're not going to ask any other details. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You don't ask who else is in the bed. Okay, so now I know what to say and what not to say. Uh, first, your <laughs> phone calls toll-free at one 405 Hey, Don, how are you doing? Oh, very good, thank you. Where are you calling from today? Um, Auburn, Pennsylvania. Is it a beautiful day there? Is it starting to become summer there? Absolutely, yes. Well, how can we help you? We have the whole team here for you. Um, I recently adopted a cat that was being taken care of by someone else. And um, we took the cat in, and we'd like to see if we'd be able to take her in our, in our RV. And I was okay. just calling to ask if there were any special tips. Um, I've had her in a couple times just without it moving. 
and mm-hmm. um, she seems to be okay, uh, but I just wondered if there were any special tips that I could have to make things go a little bit better. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So the the first thing is kind of what you're doing already is to get Kitty to expose to the RV and let her investigate it and kind of smell around, get accustomed to the, the environment. That's a big thing. Um, and, and making sure that, you know, it's a positive experience. So, you know, maybe even putting her food in there, um, allowing her, her to eat while she's checking things out. And, you know, yep. just kind of small bouts of time with that. And then um, then I work up to turning the the vehicle on without it moving and just letting her get used to the sounds the vibrations all that kind of thing um and and if you pick up that she's (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's all basically a desensitization program so we just want to get used to every bit of the the sight of it the the vibration uh, the sound of it and when you do actually travel with your kitty until she becomes a seasoned traveler, I do recommend keeping her in a kennel or in a, a in a cat carrier. And there's a couple of reasons. One is we don't want her to get frightened and hide somewhere while you're driving. Um, but the other reason is because we want to make sure she feels safe and secure. And sometimes when a vehicle, especially an RV, is moving, if she doesn't feel steady, she might become more frightened, unsure of herself, and develop a fear of the RV. So just have a, a very safe, secure, smaller size carrier where she can be cozy and be close to you and, and know that everything's okay. And you might just take her around the block, you know, the first time. So we're not talking okay. about getting in the car doing a 12-hour haul, um, right, but you right. want to build up to it. And uh, you know, as long as she's of the kind of personality that she's pretty chill, um, you know, I have a lot of cat owners that take their cats everywhere with them in their RVs. But kitties that I don't find that are as well-suited for the RV lifestyle tend to be those introverted cats, the ones that are a little bit more skittish, fearful, not so confident with new situations. For those kitties, it isn't always a good idea, and, and it could just be too upsetting for them. So I guess the bottom line is you know, know what kind of personality your cat has and um, if it's something we can train and work with. There's something that I would like to add. Yes. I traveled the country with five cats in an RV, and my first question is, does your RV have any slide-outs? Uh, yes, one. Okay. Of course, we only put it out when we're camping. Okay, yes, but be very careful because, believe it or not, there are small holes where an animal, a cat, can get into those slide-outs. So what she's saying, before you do the slide-out, do a head yes. count. Make sure you've uh, counted yeah, how many. Yes, have have your cat in the carrier before that slide out moves in or out. Either way, do not have that animal loose while you're doing the slide outs because they can okay. get in there. If I can I add something too, that. because yeah. we used to um, groom in a resort town years ago in Durango, Colorado. So we had a lot of people that would come in and out and um, bring their, their RV. And what we found out was what freaked most animals out the most, more than anything else, was turning on the generator. Um, when oh. the generator went on, that was something that I guess I guess was just um, a different sound, and um, uh-huh. they would they would want to dart out. Um, so that was that's another thing I'd make sure you'd have that on, so they get used to you know all the sounds and sights and everything that goes on. You know, as if I I, w- I would make believe 
like Dr. Deb said, you know, as you go when you go around the block, and 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 um, that it, you you're going somewhere to camp, and everything that you would do um, when you were getting ready to um, you know, to to, to start your vacation, like the generator, um, I would mimic yeah. exactly. I would mimic that. You know, turn on the music, turn on the television, turn on the generator, the air conditioning, everything that's going to make a little bit of, of you know a little bit of noise and different sounds, and let them get you know used to it. Oh. And then, and, of course. And then one more thing. Yes, one more thing. No matter how much you try, they will get out. They'll so sneak have you, ID. Have ID. Have a collar with your number, a way that people can reach you if your cat gets and out. And microchipping. Otherwise, you'll yes. find yourself staying in a city for a long time waiting, waiting. for your cat to return. Yes. So. Yes, she is microchipped. Good. This is the first cat we ever thought we might take, so she is microchipped. Um, and all those are great ideas. Put a breakaway collar on her with with contact. You could tell we've all traveled yes. on the road with our animals. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We actually used to have a, a big uh, animal radio vehicle. We traveled across the country with from five cats with five cats from Petco to Petco, yes. and oh those those are the tips that we learned from it. Yes. So, hopefully, you have a fun okay, time. Well, we'll give it a try, and if it doesn't work, she'll have to stay home. We never tried it before, and like I say, she's a rescue cat. We only have her three months estimated. One and a half to three years old. Um, she's not very friendly with other people, but we figure it's a new environment, so we'll give it a try. Yeah. She may have a blast. Like, uh, Boog, the studio cat, absolutely loves it. And in fact, after when the vehicle was stopped, after we would return from places, he'd want to go <laughs> back out to the vehicle to he hang can, out in yeah. the vehicle. We so. just let him go out in the yard and hang out in the RV. <laughs> so hopefully that's uh, that's your experience. I sure hope so. Well, thanks for your advice very much. Take care of yourself, Don. 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the Dream Team right now. Marilyn, hey, how you doing? I'm doing fine. Nice to hear from you. Where are you today? San Luis Obispo. How can we help you? Dr. Debbie is right here. Well, I have a almost 12-year-old dog. Her name is Zoe. She's Australian Shepherd, no, excuse me, Queensland Healer and Chow. And she has the body of a Queensland healer, but the red hair of a chow, but Ooh. no black tongue. Very and interesting she, sounding. She must be a furry gal then. Well, she's been losing hair. I've been trying to give her flaxseed oil. It helped before. I don't know why. But she goes through periods of hair loss. Ooh. But that Ooh. wasn't the reason I was calling you. Okay. Um, but that's that's another thing. Um, Zoe likes variety in her dog food. I always get her good food right now as she's uh, eating pedigree dog food. But occasionally, and she'll do this maybe several days in a row, um, then maybe not do it for two or three weeks. But she'll take the rug that she lays on and covers the dog food bowl with the food in it. Okay. <laughs> so, and and this is the food that she's been eating. So, is, is yeah. it something that you're switching the diet, and she's covering up a, a recent change in the food? No, uh, because she'll, I, you know, give her different varieties, but she'll be eating it, and then all of a sudden she'll decide to cover it, and she'll scoot her blanket over it and <laughs> cover it, push it under a table. Yeah. But she definitely covers it. And so I tell her no, because sometimes she knocks over the water bowl in the meantime. Yeah. So, um, 
I have no idea why she does that. And mm-hmm. she's very smart. You know, she's never um, given other problems. But Well, and I'm not really sure that this is a problem per se. I, I think what Zoe's doing in this situation is very likely uh, just a natural instinct. Um, you know, dogs and cats, you know, they... In the wild, they want to actually make sure they get their own food, and they want to either save it for later, or they're going to keep it away from any predators or competition that might be coming around. So burying their food, or at least hiding it, isn't an unnatural behavior. So um, she may very well just be dis- displaying that kind of instinct. So uh, call it a personality quirk or what have you. But um, Now, if she wasn't eating that food, then I often see dogs and cats, both, that will try to cover up um, a food if they don't particularly like the smell of it. And I can tell you firsthand, I see that in the hospital setting all the time when I have a nice prescription healthy food I want them to eat and they come up to it and they just look and sniff and those feet start covering the towels over the food. And that's a really a saying, a, I don't really care for this very well. You know, this smells. I just don't want this. But I think in your situation, she's probably just trying to hoard that for later. Well, I know she never empties the whole bowl at one time. Ah. You can leave her food out all day. There you go. And so she'll eat a portion and keep the rest for later. But um, she seems to like it when she has flaxseed oil in it. And mm-hmm. that had helped with her hair a while ago. So, okay, so that's it. It's, that's it's just silly. pretty common behavior. I guess Ladybug, the studio stunt dog, does this, Judy? She takes out, if she has little chunks of food, she takes it out and she hides it around the living room in her blanket and stuff. And then I'll see her like an hour later, she'll go and she'll eat it. She's very busy working. Yeah. She, this yeah. is her job, really, no, she buries it. forage you know, and bury. I'm afraid if I ever move, I'm going to find chunks of food all over the place that I don't know about. Well, Zoe does yeah. that, but she'll just leave it take some out and leave it right beside the bowl. I think she's really smart. She just gets the blanket and covers it. That's uh, We teach that one to Ladybug. Keeping it fresh. Well, thank you for calling and yes. listening today on KVEC, Maryland. one 405 8405 to talk to any one of the Dream Team. That could be Dr. Debbie or even Ladybug, the studio stunt dog. She's a pretty smart dog. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at one 405 8405 Not all barbecues are the same. Not all guitar licks are the same. Not all motor oils are the same either. Valvoline Full Synthetic High Mileage with Max Life Technology actually is different. It's the superior protection of synthetic for cars over 75,000 miles. But don't just believe us. See for yourself at seeadifference.com. Valvoline, 140 years under the hood. For over 75 years, Geico's kept an eye on the future, keeping customers happy with things like 24-7 customer support and emergency roadside service. And to prove it, here's one of our commercials from over 75 years ago. At Geico, we promise to always find innovative new ways to serve you. In fact, we're so innovative, in 75 years, they'll listen to this old radio commercial and think, wow, they were innovative. Wow, we are innovative. Geico, saving people money for over 75 years. Shaquille O'Neal for Icy Hot. If you've got pain, you need the patch. The Icy Hot patch. Powerful, targeted, fast-acting pain relief that stays put without the mess. Icy to dull the pain, hot to relax it away. In a variety of sizes, from back, shoulders, knees, even arthritis. 
so you're covered whenever and wherever you're hurt. Stop pain right at the source with Icy Hot Patches. Pain's no match for the Icy Hot Patch. For temporary topical pain relief, use only as directed. At Stella and Chewy's, they're dedicated to the simple proposition that pets should be healthy and happy. Their commitment to quality starts with their ingredients. Every Stella and Chewy's product is made with raw, naturally raised meat, poultry, or fish, sourced from USDA-inspected facilities without added hormones or antibiotics. Unlike commercial pet food, which is one of the most highly processed products on the planet with much of its nutritional value cooked away, Stella and Chewy's dog and cat food is nutritious and delicious. Learn more at StellaandChewy's.com. Hey, this is Miles Owens for Animal Radio, and you know what you got to do. Be good to your pets. Stay in this room. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Des Moines resident Clarence Fenton was recently charged with driving under the influence of drugs. His dog's drugs. Authorities say the phenobarbital that was in his bloodstream when he crashed into a utility pole with his car had been prescribed by a vet. 47-year-old Fenton said he took what he thought were the doctor-prescribed antidepressants when police reports show his car hit the pole. His blood work showed that Fenton had actually taken seizure control pills prescribed for his dog, Saturn. Tammy Noble of the Poison Control Center said the story is more common than you'd think. People often take their pet's heartworm medication. Ew. This would be a good time to remind you to read the labels of any medication you're taking. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. We're moments away from Steve Garvey. Making his third appearance here on Animal Radio, talking animals again. He has a few of them. Yes, Big dog, is. I understand. Like a 140-pound Rottweiler, who's probably grown a- since the last time we talked. Big dog. That's a big boy. Wouldn't yeah. want that dog in bed with me, or have to clean up <laughs> after that dog. Uh-huh. That dog's poops would be the size of Ladybug. <laughs> That's just, I'm just going bigger. Like, yeah, okay. maybe even bigger. Ladybug might disappear in that. <laughs> Uh, we'll head back to the phones in just a couple of seconds here. By the way, Lori broke some news last hour. She told us that there's a link between schizophrenia and cat ownership. And uh, that might explain a lot around Yeah, So most cat owners are nuts. <laughs> answers a lot of questions. So what do you think, Doc? You know I'm kind of crazy. I think just, I mean, I think cat people are, they're... <laughs> what I think they're spe- I think they're special anyways. I think cat people have um a lot of great energy and are they being made crazy by their cats? I don't know. Yeah, okay. Well, that's good to know. Crazy cat people. Hey, did you know Steve Garvey was a two-time um All-Star MVP in 74 and 78? Yeah, he was a- he's actually 10-time All-Star selection. Also, World Series champion. No, and MVP. Oh, MVP, yeah. 1974, I believe, on that. And 78. Okay. Yeah, 1974 and 78 on that. Because I'm so good at the sports. Oh, yeah, you know all the stats, <laughs> don't you, Hal? I can tell you how many touchdowns he's made. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you can, you're better than me. <laughs> so, uh, Steve Carvey on the way right here on Animal Radio. Rachel Gitlin is joining us. Hi, Rachel. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? Very good. You're with Cats vs. Cancer. 
It's kind of a unique idea what you're doing. Tell listeners. Yeah, absolutely. So Cats for Cancer is something a little different. It's a, it's a nonprofit site um, run entirely by volunteers. Um, and what it is is essentially a site that really leverages the fact that everyone loves cats, uh-huh. um, especially on the Internet. So it's really just aggregating a bunch of really fun, unique cat content from around the web, putting it in one place, and then using the advertising revenue um, along with direct donations towards cancer research. Is it human cancer research or animal cancer research? It is human okay. currently, but we are looking to pet options in the future as well. Well, that's kind of cool. I mean, uh, we all love cat videos. Oh, we just, it's like you say, it's a rabbit hole. You get, you get watch one and then you see another and another and the next thing you know, you look up and it's been over an hour. Exactly. That's our goal. <laughs> Spend an hour on the site and then all of that, you know, all of that time really goes towards um, a good cause, which is something different that, you know, hasn't really been done before. So how's it working out so far? It's working out great. We launched uh, December 1st. Um, so it's really just trying to gain as much traction um, and visibility as we can so that, you know, because it is based on time spent on site. Uh, so it's been great. You know, we partner with um, various organizations, a different charity each month. A lot of them are kind of smaller, looking to um, get some, some awareness themselves. So we kind of have similar goals in that way. And, and the ones we've been working with thus far are really just they help ease kind of the financial burden associated with cancer treatment. Um, you know, whether that be like taking care of simple household bills or helping people through um, rehab or helping the family in certain ways. So it's kind of a, a unique twist in that respect as sure. well. Are you soliciting donations from the people viewing or are there advertisers that are putting the funds towards this? Yeah, so the main goal is just advertising. So, the you know, the time that you spent on the site, you don't have to donate anything. You know, our hope is just that you go on, you enjoy the content, you're watching the videos, you're clicking on different articles, hopefully you're sharing them, you know, on social, and then that time that you spend on site, it just generates dollars based on the advertising. Uh, you can, of course, donate directly as well, which goes towards that, you know, charity of the month, but um, yeah, it, it's kind of twofold, but, but mainly, you know, our goal isn't to request money directly through donations, it's really just, you know, spend time on our site have fun doing so, and, and that time goes towards a good cause. So who has the job of going through millions of videos to, to find <laughs> the cat videos that you feature? There's a few of us, um, but mainly the founders, um, Tom O'Connor and Eddie Pena, kind of go through and, you know, source all of this information, vet it all, and, and create um, create all of the, the fun articles that you see on the site. Well, very cool. I'm going to go check it out right after the show. The- yeah, wait till after the show, Hal, because we'll never see you again. Yeah, org <laughs> is the website. We'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com. Rachel, thanks so much for telling us all about it. Thank you so much. Take- Enjoy the site, and be sure to check us out on social as well. I will do that. There you go, those young kids these days. It's a great idea. Sure. Why not think of... Take advantage of us crazy cat people. (laughs) (laughs) And our mental disease. Yes. I'm very excited about this hour. What do you have coming up this hour? Well, you know, we see dogs helping people in so many different places. In hospitals, in nursing homes, at schools, you know, with military members. And now we'll tell you about the latest place where dogs are helping humans emotionally. Coming up.
This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by our friends over at Stella and Chewy's and their brand new meal mixers. Made from premium raw ingredients like grass-fed meat and cage-free poultry. Mm-hmm. So some fruits and veggies in there. I'm tired. I know. This is good, good stuff. stuff. Thanks, guys, for underwriting Animal Radio. Hi, this is Joy Behar on Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your pets. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. This is an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy, with prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea and Tick Medication, delivered right to your door. Learn more at FosterAndSmith.com. Hi, I'm Lori Brooks. Dogs are used in all kinds of ways to help humans. And in the news today, another way that dogs are being used to help people feel better emotionally. Funeral directors, would you believe, say dogs, especially trained therapy animals, can lighten the often awkward, tense atmosphere that we experience at a wake or a funeral service. And sometimes those dogs, they say, seem to know exactly who might need their emotional help. It turns out that dogs are increasingly being offered as a source of comfort to mourners at American funeral homes. Statistics on this are not being kept. However, a spokesperson for the National Funeral Directors Association says, we hear from members that more and more of them are bringing animals into funeral homes, whether it's a dog or a cat is up to them, whether it's a certified therapy dog or not, or just an extremely well-behaved family pet, but they say those dogs and therapy pets are working. Now, we're not trying to be morbid with this talk of funerals and things with pets, but if you had to be laid to rest somewhere, wouldn't it be much better to be resting next to your pets who passed before you? I think so. That is exactly what some people in Germany are able to do for real now. After too many requests to count, the German Cemetery Association is now offering pets and people adjoining urn spaces. The cost is between $1,100 and $1,600, although they say the ashes of pet owners and their animals will now have the chance to sit side by side. Cremations are still legally required to be carried out separately, and Germany is home to 28 million pets. That's the third largest number in Europe, quite a bit. A new study published last month also suggests suggests that Germany now has the lowest birth rate in the world. And as that number continues to plummet, critters, creatures, our pets, they sure look set to become an even more integral part of the family. Hmm. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadil, delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. Hi, this is Ed Begley Jr. on Animal Radio. Live green is best for you, your family, and that includes your pets. Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies have a Vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs from heartworm medications and anti-inflammatories like Remedil to non-prescription items like canine Advantix flea and tick preventive. 
Doctors Foster and Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. I'm a carbon fiber 29er full suspension mountain bike. My owner and I are attached to the hip, literally. Or we were until the apartment got robbed while he was at his vinyasa yoga class. And the burglar used me to make his getaway. My owner's going to be uber bummed when he realizes I'm gone. I guess he'll have to find another way to get his daily dose of adrenaline. Maybe he can take up urban beekeeping. Your stuff can't protect itself. That's why the GEICO Insurance Agency helps make it easy to switch and save on renter's insurance. Renter's insurance will cover personal property loss or damage as well as provide liability protection. Visit GEICO.com today. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It is time for a Lucy Pet Moment, brought to you by the Lucy Pet Foundation. And joining us is former Major League Baseball first baseman, the legendary Steve Garvey. Hi, Steve. How are you doing? Al, I need you as my, uh, as my PR man. That was a great introduction. <laughs> well, I'm thinking this is the third time that you've been on Animal Radio. The first time, yeah. July 4th of 2010. Mm-hmm. And uh, you were telling me about Bear and Charlotte. I don't know if they're still in your lives. Yeah. Uh, they're uh, Cocker Spaniels? Cocker Spaniels, yeah. And we've also uh, we've added Spartacus, Spartacus. Now, yeah. who's a Rottweiler. Like 140 pounds, right? Uh, yeah, 140 pounds. And he's, we've, we've stabilized him. You know? <laughs> we've leaned him out, and he's faster now, just as strong but faster. But, uh, you know, we love our pets and, and, and our dogs and and uh, gosh, about 2010 was the first time that we had uh, an opportunity to, to meet Joey and Linda Herrick. And Joey had uh, gone through the Dodgers to contact me and asked me if I would come and, and coach his son's uh, traveling team. Wow. And uh, come to find out he was a season ticket holder and, and he loved baseball as much as I love dogs. So we, we were a match made in heaven and that began a relationship that's uh, lasted over these years and I had a chance to work with Joey uh, with Natural Balance and now with the Lucy Pet Foundation. Joey Herrick, who, of course, was the, uh, just to bring listeners up to date, was the drummer, I believe, for the John Davidson Band, and he founded, we spoke yeah. to him a couple of weeks ago, he, he started Natural Balance and sold it, and now he started the Lucy Pet Foundation, doing incredible work in the L.A. area, spaying and neutering and taking care of animals, usually for people that can't otherwise afford right. this either, medical care. Mm-hmm. Either Absolutely. free or reduced cost. So he's he's brought you into this fold, too, huh? Well, we have a lifelong friendship now and so much in common. And um, once Natural Balance sold, uh, Joey had always, he's a great marketer and thinker, and he always wanted to set up a foundation. And running the Natural Balance Foundation included helping a variety of different pet-related causes. Um, but he started the Lucy Pet Foundation in 2013 and uh, put over a million dollars of his own money into it. So talking about somebody stepping up to the plate and yeah. uh, and putting together something that he uh, really believes is heartfelt. And the amount of uh, effort that he's put into it uh, relative to the amount of success now uh, in which the Lucy Pet Foundation is, is able to support a number of animal welfare projects. And we have two buses uh, that travel around simply to focus on spay and neutering. And, um, I call them the magic buses because I think a lot of magic happens there. Big blue magic <laughs> Absolutely. bus. Absolutely. I mean, it's fascinating when you walk inside and uh, and see what's going on in there. And, and 
so much good they're doing. They're state-of-the-art surgery units, really. Yes, absolutely. Yes, and they travel all around Southern California. And, um, you know, now the, the focus is on uh, generating more funds to expand uh, the work of these buses and more. So, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a foundation that's really making inroads on uh, saving pets and helping them, along with providing... Uh, peace of mind for their their owners how wonderful is that and of course spartacus can you get spartacus involved at all with the uh, the foundation perhaps uh in some kind of spokes dog kind of fashion well he's a given you know yeah. he comes with a garby so uh and and he's really kind of a pussycat for a you know a rottweiler <laughs> i mean i hate to say that and hope he doesn't hear but uh he just and he he, he loves the girls you know my mother-in-law will come into the house and i'll go give her a hug and he'll wedge right between us and say hey Hey, wait a second. This is my girlfriend here. <laughs> Go ahead, Judy. Go. Yes, you I, ask I have question. to ask. You know, you say Spartacus comes between you and your meeting people. Does Spartacus sleep in the bed with you? Oh, no. 140 pounds? Yes. Absolutely not. <laughs> See, that would be crazy. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't I do that. He'd take up the bed. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, every now and then, you know, I'll get up at, in the middle of the night once in a while, and I'll go to step, and there'll be a nice, big, warm, fuzzy pillow right under my right there Aww. but he usually sleeps in um in uh sean fitzpatrick our 16 year old son's room uh, uh and we have seven kids and sean's the last of the litter and, and he and spartacus are really buddies now so oh that's um, good and by the way at 140 pounds he pretty much sleeps where he wants to yeah <laughs> but not, not on the bed oh uh, see when you got up i thought you were going to say you get up and he sneaks into your warm bed <laughs> while you're not looking that's right no Absolutely not. We were just uh, talking with the, one of our calendar ladies who uh, tells us about the events that are happening around the country that are uh, pet-related, and we were talking about Bucks Baseball, the Pittsburgh Pirates at uh, PNC Park. They're having a dog and human night where you bring your dog to the baseball game, and i just thinking that would be so confusing for all the dogs just seeing the baseball. They want to go chasing after the baseball, I'm thinking, but uh, do they? No. Oh, they are very successful around and and uh, Natural Balance really started the Bark in the Parks, and, and we did, gosh, over 50 of those over, a, I think, four or five-year period there, um, from the Texas Rangers ballpark to, you know, City Field in New York to Dodger Stadium to AT&T in San Francisco. And the concept is simply that, you know, bring your, your dog to the game. Usually two hours before, we'd do a, a, what we called a pup rally uh, outside the gates of center field or down one of the lines. And... Uh, they have contests like the, you know, the dog that looks most like its owner and the biggest dog and the smallest <laughs> dog and, and the uh, the one with the best theme normally, you know, if it was Dodger Stadium, uh, the dog dressed up, you know, like a Dodger. And cool. about 45 minutes before the game, we would do a parade around the warning track of the stadium. And it was extremely popular. Well, I thank you for spending time with us today. Always fun oh, when we talk, God. and hopefully you'll go give Spartacus and Bear and Charlotte a big old hug from all of us here at Animal Radio. Oh, uh, absolutely. It's great to be with you again, and, and for all of our listeners, uh, please go to uh, LucyPetFoundation.org and read up about uh, the foundation, the wonderful things we're doing, and of course, uh, if you'd like to donate, uh, that'll go towards uh, the foundation and, and raising money for more of our vans that'll be able to do the many wonderful things that we do today. So how are you so, doing? What do you got on the docket? I, I'm doing good, and um, you know, I was thinking about. I'm, I'm getting a ton of emails, and I talk about this a lot. But so what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw in one of my 
but one of my trade secrets in there that I don't normally like to do because, you know, there's certain things that you keep to yourself just because it's it's one of those really really good things and 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 um it's 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 like that extra incentive of having people come to a grooming salon but I'm going to throw something out at there today shedding this year is over the top for some reason in most of the country and I think because we had really screwed up seasons in a lot of, of most of the United States where you really didn't have much of a spring we went into winter and now the heat has just poured on um so coats react by seasons and they'll shed out easily um, once the weather starts to, to, to um, warm up a little bit. And then um, you'll get excessive undercoat again when the weather starts to get cold. But what happened this year is we um, kind of bypassed all that. It went from cold to hot. So now you got coat that really doesn't know what to do. So now it all wants to come out. And what people are finding out, it's very difficult if you're doing it at home. And it is because what happens is it binds inside the coat. But here's a little trick. Trick is shampoo your pet with your favorite pet shampoo. Go out and buy yourself some unrefined coconut oil. Now you can is, find is it that like a powder it, or an oil? It's an oil. Okay, sorry. It's, it's, it's an oil, but no, it's a, no, it's a great question. I'm going to tell you why because it's not. Usually, you don't find it in a liquid form. It will liquefy as the temperature goes up, but you'll find it almost like in a. Um, you know what Crisco looks like? A lot of people might not n- remember that because that was something that pasty. you know that my yes. mother used. It's, 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 very it's pasty. pasty. So you're going to find it usually in that in that format, um, and you can find it in any supermarket. But if you want to get it real cheap, if you go into your local um, you know drugstore like your Rite Aid type, the chain type, they have the area where where they have ethnic hair um, stuff. And usually you'll find it right in there, um, a lot cheaper than you could find it anywhere Ooh, else. So what you're going to do huh. is you're just going you're gonna to shampoo your pet. And while your pet is still wet, and this is the key now, the key is you can't over-apply. If you over-apply, it's going to make it more complicated and make it worse. So just put the size of maybe a nickel in your hand and rub it through. Now, if you have a large dog, you're going to do your dog in three sections. You're going to do the the front half, the middle, and the rear. And you're going to run that through the coat. Now, how that's going to work is is picture a seized bolt, a bolt that you can't move, okay? And then you spray it down with some oil, and you let it sit a little bit, and now all of a sudden it unseizes and you take it out. Understand one thing, you're going to make a mess, okay? And I don't mean with the oil, I mean with the hair, because the hair is now going to want to come out in bagfuls. And I would come through the whole drying process. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Let's head to the phones. I believe we have Will on the phones. Hey, Will, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for accepting my call. Well, of course. Where are you calling from today? Well, actually, I'm in South Dakota right now. Okay. I have Dr. Debbie here. She can help you with any of your problems there. Okay, uh, Debbie, I've got a, she's a half-breed uh, golden retriever and fox terrier, and uh, she's almost a year old, but, and I've had her checked out for worms, she's up current on her shot, but it seems like every time after she eats, probably 30 minutes, she throws up, she's not mm-hmm. digesting her food. Is it the food that's wrong, or what can you tell me? Okay, and I'm sorry, how old was she again? I didn't catch up. Okay, she's almost a year old. Well, in the first thing with puppies or young dogs that we look at is, is definitely going to be parasites. Um, so that's always one of the first things that we look at. So checking a stool sample and then doing a good round of deworming is always indicated. If okay, that's I gave been done, her a worming pill. Yes. 
Okay. And um, I would also just make sure that you do have an actual parasite test done because a lot of times we can deworm and not really get everything that's truly going on because there are different dewormers, and I, especially out in my area here, a lot of people think we don't actually have certain types of worms, so they don't do these things, and you can actually have other types of parasites, microscopic ones, other than little worm critter type things. So definitely make sure you follow through with that. Now, the other thing would be food-wise is if, if a puppy particularly is eating very fast, um, a lot of times they may vomit afterwards. So one strategy that I might suggest um, would be to slow down the process of eating. And we could do this by doing a lot of different things. You can actually put a smaller bowl and an inverted inside your dog's bowl so that they kind of have to slow down and kind of work around the uh, barrier, if you will, so that we don't gulp as much air and inhale that food too quick. Um, That's one thing. And then also feeding smaller, more frequent meals can kind of help with that. But if it's the particular food that we determine that, you know, maybe is a cause of that, we may look at doing a food change to something different. Um, Okay. Um, I'm feeding her kibbles and bits. uh, And that's what the other dogs eat that I've got. And it doesn't bother them. uh, Is kibbles and bits a good thing for her? Well, you know, I can't say it's good or bad. Um, I'd say, the, like I said, the first step would be check her for worms. That would be very important. The second thing would be slow down her eating. And then I would talk about, well, maybe we need to change the food. And one, di- one brand of a diet could be perfectly good for one pet, but could not settle well with another. And it's really just a matter of individual uh, systems. You know, just like some people can't eat uh, milk or cheese because they'll be visiting the restroom every 10 minutes. <laughs> so for pets, we can have the same type of thing where they have what we call a food intolerance, where their system just doesn't thrive on certain components in the food. And it's nothing to say bad about kibbles and bits, but that just not might be the best choice for, for your baby. Then the other thing we can kind of experiment with is different consistencies of food. So we can go from dry to canned food and seeing one might settle better with the other. Um, but with a young baby like that, I really look at, um, you know, just an over-eager eater and that perhaps we're just uh, inhaling that food faster than we can actually think about it. You said you were giving her or you gave her a pill for worming. Is that something you just uh, got at the store or was that something your veterinarian prescribed? I got it from a Purina store. Okay. Yeah, and and that too. I mean, it sounds like you've got good intentions, uh, but it is very important with deworming that we make a sensible approach to this. So we want to do the right deworming at the right schedule. And uh, especially, you know, a lot of dogs will deworm when they're pups every two weeks to every four weeks. So just giving them the one dose may not necessarily take care of any kind of issues that could be uh, lingering there. So, yeah, I think that's what how, how you were probably getting at there. And you know what? I also yeah. think that Dr. Debbie, she's she's very nice. She's very politically correct, but I'm not. And kibbles and bits ain't the food for any dog. So, but uh, we appreciate your call. I hope things uh, go well. Let us know how if if you need a follow up. We're here. Okay, one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Thank you, Will, to talk to any one of the Dream Team right now. Hey, Steve, how are you? Hello, Hal and Judy. Nice Uh-oh. to talk to y'all. Hey, nice to talk Steve. to you. I'm your over opinionated truck driver that calls in every once in a while. I missed you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was calling to talk to Dr. Dr. Debbie, Dr. that's Debbie. me. Yeah. Calling to talk <laughs> I was kind of sitting I, in my way here, but I'll sorry. push my way to the, the mic here. <laughs> okay, well, I, I, we kind of got I kind of got it figured out, but I want to run it past you. Our Boston Terrier um, started having 
diarrhea this morning. Okay. And I'm not there. I'm here in Virginia, and she's over in Knoxville, Tennessee. And um, we were. I'm kind of figuring it's going to be with when the girlfriend washes the floor, uses this orange citrus stuff, and of course the dogs are going to walk across it. But it's only affecting her that her the diarrhea is like yellow and milky almost is what my girlfriend said. Mm. Okay, but you have multiple dogs, and she's the only yeah, one that's we, sick. Yeah, our our uh, our French den and our French bulldog aren't having that problem. And this is a citrus, an orange, one of the citrus oil-based cleaners? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'm not overly sold with the idea that that's particularly the cause. A lot of the uh, citrus-based cleaners do have lemon oils or citrus oils, which, you know, they can be irritating to the surface potentially, um, of the like surface of their skin. But I really can't say that I've seen a pet develop a GI upset from that, just from traipsing through the area that's been treated with that. Um, right. Now, if a pet chewed up a bag or a bottle of it and got into an, an oral ingestion in that way, that might be a, maybe a different thing. So I might actually be looking for a potentially another cause for this yucky diarrhea. And there's no great science when we talk about colors of diarrhea, but when someone says yellow or milky, you know, I, I get a little curious, and I'm looking for infection potentially in those situations. So, um, you know, I would certainly, you know, make sure that there's not been any kind of rapid diet change, uh, something that she's been offered off the table. Make sure we get a stool sample checked over to your veterinarian because um, sometimes it could be a, a chronic parasite. It could be a type of a bacterial infection um, that can attribute that type of uh, problem, even if it is an intermittent one. So I'd want to make sure we look at that. There you go. Once again, it has uh, sailed by, and I'm looking out the studio windows. Beautiful weather. I encourage you to get the dogs, get the iguanas, get all the animals. Take them out right now and bring the Animal Radio app along with you. Uh, download that right now. It's a free download. I don't see why you haven't done it yet. Oh, you have. I'm sorry. I should have about that. I want to thank Steve Garvey. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. We'll see you next week. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Is Animal Radio Network.